I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You know, so many guys' contracts are, are up or on the brink or salary cap stuff so a lot of decisions to be made i don't want to be a part of a rebuild uh if you know if i'm gonna keep playing so uh, a lot of decisions you know in the next couple months darren rogers did not see it coming last night playoff joke artist in full effect I had pushed back against that so many of the times he had lost. You know, in the postseason, it was the defense gave up 37. The defense gave up 44. Mike McCarthy took field goals inside the five-yard line. But uh, the numbers are overwhelming. 39-10 and 10 in the last three regular seasons, 2-3 and three in the postseason in those three seasons with all of the games happening at Lambeau. And... He's now 8-7 and seven in the playoffs since he won the Super Bowl, 0-3 in NFC title games. Just a, a remarkable sh- shift in the narrative for Aaron Rodgers when it comes to playoff football. And there's a real good shot that he's going to be leaving the NFC North, and it's not going to be because of his relationship with Brian Gutekunst and the Packers' brain trust. It's going to be because he doesn't think that they can win. And... That makes no sense based on the roster that they had this year. They were definitely good enough to win, but he came up woefully short, only having seven points uh, in terms of touchdowns on the offensive side of the ball. It was just ridiculous. Ten points total, one touchdown, opening drive of the game. Can't believe it happened. Special teams let him down, no question about it, but you've got to be able to put up more points, and it was uh, a beautiful amount of shot in Freud. Uh, for Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers last night. But I want to talk about the coaching search for the Bears for a little bit. Like, yes, it's the Parkins playoff show. Yes, we will get more into the games today. My man Carrington Harrison in Kansas City is going to join us uh, at 1 o'clock. 312-644-6767 is the number. But there are two huge developments in my mind uh, since I last had a show on Friday. One... I spent a lot of Friday's show talking about Jim Caldwell. I reached out to an offensive player on the Colts teams, uh, the team that lost to the Saints in the Super Bowl, that played under Jim Caldwell for six seasons. Like I, I, I went with this report from Dan Graziano at ESPN, who's pretty good, because it struck me as remarkably specific. And I'm going to reiterate it to you right now, because things have changed. This is the paragraph that Dan Graziano at ESPN wrote with the headline, Keep an eye on Jim Caldwell in Chicago. Here's the paragraph, and this was the basis of a lot of Friday's show. 
According to multiple sources, the Raiders and Vikings both reached out to former Colts and Lions coach Jim Caldwell this week to request to interview him, and he declined both requests. This indicates strongly that Caldwell believes he will get one of the other open jobs, and my understanding is that he's in the mix in both Chicago and Jacksonville and already is reaching out to candidates for that staff. That was wildly specific, right? That is, I am naming the teams that he is tied to. I am naming the teams who he has turned down an interview with, and I am saying he's reaching out to coaches to join his staff because he knows he's going to get a job. Like That is a crazy specific report, and the headline was, keep an eye on Jim Caldwell in Chicago. So silly me, I was like, oh, well, we should keep an eye on Jim Caldwell in Chicago. Bill Polian hired him in 2009. Now he's just going to hire him again in 2022 and collect his consulting fee check from the Colts. Small problem. That was Friday. Saturday morning at 7 a.m., Jim Caldwell tweets out from Jim Caldwell's Twitter account. Pretty good source. I would like to correct an erroneous report that I turned down opportunities to interview for the head coaching job with Minnesota and Las Vegas. Those reports are not true. I have profound respect for both organizations and for the Wilf and Davis families, and I did not decline any opportunity to interview with them. Coach Caldwell. So maybe Jim Caldwell is not as much of a sure thing for the Bears job. And... Also, not a sure thing to get any job. So that is significant. Like, that that changes a lot as far as I'm concerned. Because on Friday, I was like, oh, my God, this is not going to be – this is not creative. This is John Fox, Ernie Accorsi all over again. Just put in Jim Caldwell and Bill Polian as the names. He's 67 years old. He is a stopgap coach. Justin Fields is not going to be able to play out his entire uh, prime with this next coaching hire, if it's Jim Caldwell, like I, I was against the hire, and I think that Caldwell's a good coach, but I just I wouldn't I didn't like the lack of creativity that it's it suggested um, by Bill Polian and the Bears. But now we got to kind of scrap that. So that's the update to the Jim Caldwell story. The other story that is percolating right now is that apparently Sean Payton, the coach of the Saints is MIA on vacation. He's turned off his phone and people around him think that he is not committed to coaching next season. Sean Payton has three years left on his deal. Is this a leverage play? No idea. Is this an I'm sick and tired of having Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill instead of Drew Brees play? No idea. But there's this guy named Mike McCarthy, not the coach of the Dallas Cowboys, who's the biggest con artist in the NFL, but he's a sports media reporter. And I like Mike. Um, I don't know him personally, but I read his stuff. But the thing is, is that it's kind of known within the industry that Mike McCarthy does not do a bunch of multi-sourced stuff. Like, if someone's agent gives him something, he runs with it and puts it out there. A lot of the times, it's kind of like trial balloon stuff, meaning, let me float this out there to 
help my client in a contract negotiation. Let me help this out there to kind of scare my boss into giving me a better job. Let me put this out there to see uh, how the public would react to that. And, you know, he gets a lot of scoops because he does the bidding of agents within the broadcast world. And I don't say that as a pejorative. Like, it's not like we're reporting on the White House. It's not a huge deal. But my point is, this scoop that came out literally five minutes ago from Mike McCarthy uh, about Sean Payton is that apparently he's got a broadcast gig lined up that if he leaves, they are going to be willing to just shift Sean Payton right into the TV booth. That he would be able, because Ian Rappaport's the one who said uh, he is not committed to returning to New Orleans for the upcoming season. But according to Mike McCarthy, front office sports, says that Fox is targeting Sean Payton as the replacement for Troy Aikman if Aikman leaves for Amazon. So, now that enters into an interesting scenario. Do you call the Saints and try to trade for Sean Payton? I don't think the Bears have a lot of draft picks that they could do. You could do next year's first-round pick. You could do this year's second-round pick and then some. It's happened before where coaches have been traded for second-round picks. It's certainly possible, but... Sean Payton not being back in New Orleans, potentially, creates obviously another job for the Bears to compete with on the coaching front, but it also puts the home run hire out there. It puts the what happens in the scenario of, uh, you know, Jim Harbaugh is the home run candidate right now. People are trying to get Josh McDaniels reportedly. Like the Raiders are apparently thinking about trying to pry him out of Foxborough. Like right now, the ca- the candidates that are available to the Bears are plenty solid, right? Todd Bowles, Leslie Frazier, Jim Caldwell, Brian Dable, Nathaniel Hackett, uh, Byron Leftwich. The- these are solid coaching candidates, but they are not home runs. You throw a ticker tape parade if your if your fan base hires them. Sean Payton would be. Sean Payton, one of the best play callers in the NFL, with the Super Bowl ring now. His record and resume without Drew Brees has not been spectacular, uh, so I'd have a little bit of the Mike McCarthy fear with him. But as a play caller, he's pretty damn elite, right? He had, had Jameis Winston had a great statistical run with him. Like I, I would be obviously very excited about it. But that's just a major domino to potentially fall. So the two updates on the coaching search, as I see them. Before we go back to the phones here, 312-644-6767 is, one, Jim Caldwell, nowhere near as much of a sure thing or potential finalist for the Bears job as it looked like on Friday. And Sean Payton potentially is trying to leverage himself out of New Orleans into the TV booth. And would he just do one year of TV? Like, would he pull, like, the Bruce Arians? All right, I got three years left in New Orleans, but we got no path to a good quarterback or a Super Bowl here. So I want to void my contract with the Saints. I'll go make $10 bucks 
for a year of doing television, keep my stock hot, and then Mike McCarthy's going to get fired in Dallas, and I'll go take over that job. That that feels like a power play that Sean Payton might be maneuvering for right now. But just to update you on what's going on there, there's that, that is a huge domino to fall because you know as soon as that report comes out, people are going to try to circle the wagon and say, well, hold on a second. Like, am I, am I a year away from being able to hire Sean Payton? Or could I trade for Sean Payton right now? Because if you're a year away from being able to hire Sean Payton, some team is going to do a David Culley. Some team might say to themselves, well, let's just hire a stopgap coach and hire Sean Payton in a year once his Saints contract is voided. So that's a huge domino to fall because coaches like, you know, like John Harbaugh, like Bill Belichick, like Andy Reid, like Sean Payton, like Mike Tomlin, they don't become available very often. When they do, Clark Hunt gets on a plane and hires Andy Reid in an airport hangar, which is what happened. Or in Sean Payton's case, teams are going to do some funky stuff to hire Sean Payton if he can actually leverage his way out of New Orleans. 312-644-6767 is the telephone number. Mike is in Glendale Heights. You're on the Parkins Playoff Show. What up, Mike? Yeah, Danny, what's up? Disgruntled and uh, disappointed, very disappointed Packers fan. That loss last night is solely on the offense, and Rodgers has to take the blame. I mean, he, he's part of the problem why they haven't moved on in the playoffs and won, won another Super Bowl. It was just, just, it was just an agonizing, agonizing game to watch. It was really. They really got out of their rhythm. What they usually do—nice short passing. You've seen none. Of, you've seen you seen none of that. Um, even though they had a couple of uh, special team blunders, which which I was expecting, that game was still still winnable for them. They had numerous opportunities. When they got backed up in their own end, they kind of played conservative, and they had they had a punt. It was just. Uh, He's just not a big-time quarterback. Uh, the only time he was was in 2010, Danny. The writing's on the wall. I don't care if he comes back or not. I really, truly don't. Because the fact of the matter is they can't win a Super Bowl with him uh, and and just can't advance. It didn't seem like they, 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 can, they couldn't advance to another championship game. So whether he comes back or not, it, it really has no – I really don't care. Uh, what, what's your feelings about the game and where you, what his decision might be? Yeah, I appreciate the call. Um, there's a lot, listen. I obviously I think Aaron Rodgers is a big time quarterback. He blew it last night. He had, he owns a ton of the blame for that. We started the show with it. It was I, I I was rooting for the Packers for my family and for my futures bet, which would have been very very lucrative for me. But as soon as the game was over, I was able to shift to wow, that was hilarious because he he blew it and all the shot and Freud that's there for him and you know saying that he's being silenced when he is on one of the biggest sports shows in the country every week and holds press conferences and just had a profile piece done uh, on ESPN.com. Like, Aaron Rodgers has made himself into being a punching uh, a punchline. Like, it's it's embarrassing. And uh, I he's become very unlikable. He's a pseudo-intellectual. And I am not nearly the fan of him as, the, as a person, frankly, as I was before. He's still going to win MVP this year, and he's, he'll be he'll have the second most MVPs in the history of the sport. It's going to be Peyton Manning with five, Aaron Rodgers with four, and a few guys with three. So, I mean, he is a first ballot Hall of Famer, so not a big-time quarterback. I don't buy. But on the play where he threw the ball to Devontae Adams in double coverage and just heaved up the prayer, Alan Lazard was wide open. He blew it. 
on the play where Josh Norman came in uh, at, at corner and he threw the ball to Devontae Adams down the right sideline in the fourth quarter, he short-armed it. He threw the ball into his feet. There was no chance for him to make a play. He put, a, put that ball out in front of him. It's probably a 30-yard gain. Like Aaron Rodgers, I mean, they scored 10 points. They had the opening touchdown, and then they, they didn't get in the end zone again. He has a ton of blame for last night. And the the thing is, like a texter is saying, oh, my God, lifelong Packers fans are turning on Aaron Rodgers. Today is the most glorious thing ever. I get it. Like, honestly, for Bears fans, that's as good as it's gotten in the last, what, decade plus? Robbie Gold ends the Packers season and maybe Aaron Rodgers' career or career in Green Bay at Lambeau when they're a significant favorite and Aaron Rodgers becomes an international punchline. That's as good as it's been for the for the Bears in a long, long time. And I don't even say that with a tremendous amount of snark towards the Bears. Like that's that's just a fact. Like when your rival loses, it's pretty sweet. And your rival lost last night in completely embarrassing fashion. Now, what do I think Aaron Rodgers is going to do? It's so hard to say. I mean, everybody would just be guessing because he likes to troll. What I can say is it seems like the reason that people thought Aaron Rodgers was going to move on is no longer the reason that Aaron Rodgers will move on if he does. The reason we thought he was going to move on was because he was disrespected by Brian Gutekunst, the general manager, with the Jordan Love pick and with some of the veteran moves that they made, and he didn't feel like he was consulted as much as he had earned on personnel. And I agreed with him on that, by the way. I thought the Jordan Love pick was ridiculous. I thought that should have been T. Higgins. And I think that superstar quarterbacks should be consulted. They don't get to play general manager, but they should at least be in the loop. So I agreed with Rodgers on that. But it seems like Brian Gutekunst and Aaron Rodgers have smoothed that out. And that's not going to be why he leaves if he leaves. Sounds like he's going to leave. If he leaves, it's going to be because uh, Campbell, the first-team All-Pro linebacker, is not going to be back. They're $40 million over the cap. They have uh, a Devontae Adams situation to figure out. Like they, they do not have a solid roster, and even if they can piece it, well, they, they've, got a, they've got a very, very, very solid roster. I misspoke uh, with Aaron Rodgers there, but they've got, they're going to have pieces that leave. Ne- next year's Packer roster will not be as good as this year's Packer roster, and this year's Packer roster just scored 10 points in the divisional round of the playoffs at home coming off of a bye. So it would be totally reasonable for Rodgers to say, I don't want to, my next spot, well, I want it to be my final spot, and I want to be contenders for three or four years. So that, to me, is what is most likely going to – like, if he leaves, I think that he will leave amicably, which is not what it felt like 12 months ago. I think he will leave, and it might even be like a joint statement and press conference while from the Packers. While we are very disappointed in this because we want Aaron Rodgers – to to finish his career as a Packer, we understand that given the realities of our roster and cap situation, we are entering into a transitional period, and we owe it to Aaron to allow him to pursue a trade that would both allow him to finish his career with a contender and accelerate our rebuild 
of the next great championship Packers roster. Aaron will always be a Packer, and we look forward to the day that he is enshrined in the Ring of Honor in Canton, Ohio. You know, like something like that. I think that that is very possible in the next five to ten days. Like some sort of joint statement from Rodgers and the team. But guessing, I mean, who knows, man? He's a troll. He's a troll with what he says in interviews. He's a troll with the books that he claims to read. He's a troll when he talks about presidential politics and vaccinations versus immunized. So no one knows. It's just reading the tea leaves and best guess. But last night was the first time he said anything about the salary cap and the realities of what that roster might look like next year and definitively that he doesn't want to be on a rebuilding team. So like, wait, now the next question is where would he go? To me, the best roster without a good quarterback is Denver. But Denver, you've got to play Justin Herbert and Pat Mahomes four times. So I just don't think that that's like – that's not a – Good path. Now, Pittsburgh is really interesting. Pittsburgh, you've got a top five defense. You've got a top five coach. You've got an iconic franchise. You're used to playing in the cold. And you could certainly make an argument that they're a quarterback away. But you know who else could? The San Francisco 49ers who just beat you last night. And we know that that's where Rodgers would really want to play. But I can't imagine the Packers trading him to the team that's beat him four times in the postseason and keeping him in the NFC. So I would think he's going to an AFC team. And I would rank it Pittsburgh, Denver, maybe Miami, maybe Cleveland. Like Houston, they got no talent. Miami doesn't have a lot of talent. But there's some, and they don't know the coach. Like, Pittsburgh probably makes the most sense for Aaron Rodgers. Cleveland makes sense. Baker's contract makes it complicated. And their offense would be really – I mean, Cleveland would be awesome. The thing is, is that wherever Aaron Rodgers goes, they are immediately a contender. And he might bring Devontae Adams with him. I, I think that the Packers are not going to lose, you know, Devontae Adams for nothing, so maybe they would put a franchise tag on him and then trade him too. But it's it's in play that Aaron Rodgers is a Super Bowl favorite next year just on a different team. I don't know if Indy has the assets to get him, but they definitely have the roster and they definitely have the quarterback need. But I don't know that they got the draft picks. To, to be able to pull something like that off, right? They traded a first-round pick for Carson Wentz. Like, if you're trading for Aaron Rodgers, you're getting multiple first-round picks and a starting caliber player. Like, that's the, that's the beginning of the conversation. So I don't, know, I don't think that Indy has the assets to get him. They definitely have the roster to get him. But I, I, I don't think that they got the draft picks in order to go get him. So it's a huge, huge, huge development. Carrington Harrison coming up in a little bit. Speaking of developments, there's another Hall of Fame quarterback who could be on the move, plus more of your calls, 312-644-6767. Parkins playoff show on the score. You know, we'd want to play well every week, regardless of where we play and who we play. Um, you know, some weeks are a little bit better than others, and 
you know, it's, uh, you know, we're going to have to play great this week. That's the point. This team really challenges you. So um, I'm glad we're playing at home. Um, you know, there's great communication for us. We're going to have to be really on top of a lot of different things, especially a team that's does as many different fronts and pressures. They have a lot of different personnel packages. A lot of guys come in and rotate for them. So our communication is going to be really important. That's Tom Brady. He gets to play football today. Rams and Bucks. Bucks a three-point favorite at home. We'll see how healthy their two best offensive linemen, Jensen and Wirfs, the center and right tackle, are for Tampa today. Whitworth, the left tackle for the Rams, out. So both pass rushes kind of licking their chops uh, in this spot. But all of a sudden, there's a story that says the teammates are thinking that it might not be it might be the last time we see Tom Brady. It was written about in the Tampa Bay Times this week from Rick Stroud, longtime Bucks beat writer. Ian Rappaport had some stuff on it. Funny how that works. Sometimes I think that the 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 leak or the sources on these stories are the network chairman. You know, like, oh, let's see. Who uh who's got the game today? NBC? Oh, maybe it was Dick Ebersol who put that out there. Hey, let's put it out there 48 hours before the game that this might be the last time you ever get to see Tom Brady play football. Oh, that's probably worth another 5 million eyeballs for the game. I, Tom Brady's going to likely finish second for MVP as the Super Bowl champ from last year, and now he is a win away from hosting an NFC championship game, and next year's NFC might not even have Aaron Rodgers in the NFC. And he's going to retire when he just led the league in yards and touchdowns? I mean, I guess it's possible. Predicting what any of these guys do is is very, very difficult. But Tom Brady (laughs) is... One of the three best quarterbacks in football? Like, you know, like it, he he has said he wants to stop playing when he can't be uh, great and a difference maker, and he doesn't want to play when he sucks. He might win MVP. So he's far from sucking. Now, he might not want to do it anymore. Like, I wouldn't. But I feel like the stories that came out about Brady being ready to give it up felt very, very planted. I can't. That one, that one doesn't make a whole heck of a lot of sense to me. Why would Tom Brady play until he's 44, be a game away from hosting the NFC Championship game, be the two seed, lead the league in yards and touchdowns, and then quit when he's talked before about wanting to play until he's 50? I don't really get that. 312-644-67-67. People are saying, hey, Parkins, I thought that Aaron Rodgers – could just leave. No, the, the the what happened was was that Rodgers, he's not a free agent. Rodgers is still under contract, but it is much easier to trade and they came to a an, an arrangement that it, that basically if he didn't want to play in Green Bay after this year, they would work towards a trade of Aaron Rodgers. But there's no scenario where Aaron Rodgers just leaves and signs with any team he wants in free agency. Like if if Rodgers is not on the Packers, the Packers get a king's ransom for Aaron Rodgers. And it would be one of those things where 
uh, they and the agent work together to facilitate a trade. So, like, Rodgers' agent wouldn't be able to go to the Bears and the Vikings because the Packers could block it. And the Packers wouldn't be able to trade Rodgers to, you know, a team that has no shot at winning. Like, they would work through it together to find the best trade partner that works for both sides. So that's that's what happened. 312-644-6767. Darren is in Haywood. Darren, what's up, man? You're on the Parkins Playoff Show on the score. Hey, thanks for taking my call, Danny. I got a good, curious question. Um, I'm hearing that the Bears are going to have a second interview with this uh, Ryan Poles from Kansas City. Um, do you know anything about him? I'm going to hang up and let you talk. Thanks. Sure. Um, here's what I can tell you. Is that he's very respected. They like him a lot. He's seen as a very, very smart person. But, admittedly, I also was the person who went very hard for Ryan Pace off of some of my same contacts within the Chiefs organization. Um, Not for Ryan Pace, for Matt Nagy, and we know how that worked out. So, the truth is, and I'm not saying that I was lied to about Matt Nagy because what I was told about Matt Nagy, everyone says, Parkins, you said he was an offensive genius. That isn't what I ever said. I said that he was universally liked, great leader of men, and that he was the most qualified head coaching candidate on the staff in terms of leadership that Andy Reid had ever had. And I actually think that in terms of the culture and the leadership stuff, he did a really good job. Problem was, he wasn't a qualified play caller, and he was never able to develop Mitch Trubisky or Justin Fields uh, to show like he had the potential to be developed like Pat Mahomes was in Kansas City. And so Matt Nagy, as the offensive coach, never scored points. But... Like, the leadership stuff, the communication stuff, and the players will love him stuff, I think I actually got right. But the problem is, I feel like if I just keep going back to the people in Kansas City, they're going to be like, oh, they're going to just... People are going to give you positive job recommendations, right? Like, if you call someone's references on their resume, they give you good recommendations. That's why they're on their resume, So I have personally not talked to anybody through text or anything that, like, doesn't like Ryan Poles. The two people I have texted, because I don't know him personally. I I knew Matt Nagy a little bit personally, uh, but I don't know Ryan Poles personally. The two people I've texted with him about him from Kansas City are like, oh, Poles is great. You'd love him. But, like, they they would do it. You know what I mean? They're the types of people that would be his references. So I... I am just being honest with you in that have I heard a bad word about him? No. But the people that I've heard the good words about him are the types of people that you would put at the bottom of your resume. Like, call me for a recommendation or a referral. And those people are the, the good. You, you need to, to have them. But they're not necessarily the, the least biased of, of sources. 312-644-6767 is the number. Daryl in Fredericksburg, Virginia, calling in to the Parkins Playoff Show on the score. What up, Daryl? Hi, Danny. Uh, I think um, with the game last night and Green Bay losing, I think they just played against a well-coached uh, team 
that uh, exhumed physical and mental and confidence in their players because you, you can't really name all the superstars on defense. But they, but they didn't have a, a, a mentally weak player, you know, sort of like a, a Duke Shelley or someone like that. You, you know, they, they couldn't pick those, uh, those players apart. And so I think Aaron Rodgers struggles when he faces a team that's confident and can play physical. And he dominates Aaron Rodgers on his team. He dominates everything. And so if you look at other quarterbacks like the GOAT, he he doesn't. He he makes sure his his team is entwined with everything that they're trying to do, and they get respect. And I think you look at Mahomes and 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 uh, uh, Burrow and those type of quarterbacks. They have uh, a better leadership. They have better leadership traits than Rodgers. Rodgers is a dominant and a special player, and 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 he counts on his teams and the coaching staff to recognize only his talent. And I think the Bears coaching uh, search should find a coach who can uh, find players that are mentally, physically, and smart and, and um, uh, 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 get a coach that can bring out those traits like a Shanahan. And for me, I think Harbaugh, and I don't know much about Caldwell, but maybe that's what they see in him. I don't know. But – we know Shanahan can do that, and all he needs is a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, right. I, I want to see Kyle Shanahan with a good quarterback in 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 the worst way, and it's a. I, I understand what you're saying. I I do. Rogers' public persona does not suggest like how does this how would this guy be 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 a good leader, right? By all accounts, the the team asks him to speak like, like before every game, like he. Aaron Rodgers is a first ballot Hall of Famer. He is an incredible football player. And there has not been, despite all of the distractions of last offseason and quote-unquote holding the team hostage, end quote, and the vaccine stuff and the Joe Rogan stuff and missing the Chiefs game and going on the Pat McAfee show every week and all of the things that have come with Aaron Rodgers this year, there hasn't been one story of one teammate bad-mouthing Aaron Rodgers anonymously. There hasn't been, like, Packers source rolls eyes at Aaron Rodgers. He seems to be beloved in that locker room. And, I mean, I guess he probably should be because he wins. And locker rooms also are used to, you know, coexisting and getting along with people that you really disagree with about fundamental things, right? Like in that ESPN profile piece, I don't know if you read it uh, this week on Rogers, he was like, he called Joe Biden the so-called president. And he was like, I have no idea how he got 81 million votes, but I guess he did. Like, I would cut people out of my life for talking to me like that. You know what I mean? Like if you're like invalidating the election and or perpetuating the big lie and all that stuff, and I apologize for getting like political just for a minute, but just to make the point as an analogy, like, you know, I don't have to ha- I don't have to deal with you and like I don't I don't have to deal with people like that like in my close personal circle. Like I don't I don't choose to traffic in those areas. In a locker room you don't really have that choice. Like there are people that uh voted one way, there are people who voted the other way. You got no choice. You got to you got to kind of roll within those circles. And I think it's the type of thing where Rodgers is unbelievable at football. 
I mean, the guy's going to win a back-to-back MVP. He had four interceptions this season. He's amazing. So it would be really easy, like, I have no idea what Alan Lazard thinks about how Aaron Rodgers has handled all that stuff, but, like, Alan Lazard is a better player because he's got Aaron Rodgers. Devontae Adams is great, but if Devontae Adams had Davis Mills throwing him the ball, he'd be less great. So he makes a lot of people a lot of money, and they win a lot of football games because he's there. So I don't think the problem for Rodgers is is one of leadership. I don't. I think Rodgers has now choked in some crazy playoff spots. And I like I thought that if the Packers were going to lose that game, it was going to be because of like the Niners game a couple of years ago where their run defense just got gashed for 180 yards on the ground. You know, like Elijah Mitchell had 30 carries. Debo Samuel had 14 carries. The Niners had the ball for 39 minutes of time of possession. The Packers touched the ball six times, and they lost the game. Packers got the ball to start the game, walked down the field, scored a touchdown, and then never found the end zone again. Like, the the Aaron Rodgers, like, Aaron Rodgers blew it. He had help. He had help from the special teams, but Aaron Rodgers blew it last night, and he has to wear it. There's really nothing more to it than that. He has to wear it. I'll give you my quick look ahead to today's games, then we'll talk to Carrington Harrison from Kansas City. I just love talking NFL with him, and obviously no one's more plugged in on the Chiefs. He has Pat Mahomes on his show every damn week throughout the football season. So maybe the game of the year we'll get into uh, at 1 o'clock with Carrington Harrison. My look ahead to the games, it's the Parkers playoff show. Burrow gets the snap, he's back to pass, rush coming, Burrow moving right, wrapped up, and Burrow is sacked. They got him again. That'll take the Bengals out of field goal range all the way back at the 48. Bud Dupree, the former Steeler, gets the sack, and the Bengals are turned away. Two down, two to go. Two upsets for the Bengals and the Niners. So that means the winners of today's games host the AFC and NFC Championship. Thank you for hanging out. I'm Danny Parkins. It's the Parkins Playoff Show, and we have a significant development for the early game. Tristan Wirfs, obviously, uh, arguably the best right tackle in football, inactive today against the Rams. So Whitworth, the left tackle for the Rams, is out. Wirfs, the right tackle for the Bucks, is out. I love the Rams today, man. I I know you could just say, Parkins, say it out loud. You're betting on Matt Stafford on the road against Tom Brady. He's got a four-net injury. He's got no right tackle. His number two and number three receivers are out in Godwin and Brown. And the other team has a shadow lockdown corner who's had success against Mike Evans in the past in Jalen Ramsey. And his center is hurt in Jensen, even though he's a great player and he's going to play. That is – listen, I, I admit I called the top on uh, Tom Brady about five years ago. 
So he's been proving me wrong and laughing all the way to the bank for a long, long, long time. It's just, it's just fairly incredible that he's now the favorite to get back to another Super Bowl given that the Packers have been eliminated. But I think that's a real tough spot for Tampa today. A real tough spot. And that's a huge loss with Tristan Wirfs being out. 312-644-6767. Hey, it might be another former Bear having a great day. Could be Leonard Floyd. Obviously, you know, Von Miller and uh, Aaron Donald get more of the the press clippings because of the name recognition, but maybe Leonard Floyd gets to Tom Brady. He's going to be throwing the ball very quick. A lot of snap and throws. Maybe some Scotty Miller going to be involved. Gronk obviously going to be involved. It's going to be short area, quick, get the ball out throws for Tom Brady as he tries to stay upright. 312-644-6767. How we go north of the border. Janesville, Wisconsin. Dean is on the score. What up, Dean? Yeah, I think the Packers lost that game last night because Aaron Rodgers I think he discriminated against, against his other receivers and just focused on Adams more and, and wasn't a team player. Well, he definitely locked in on Devontae Adams, and that's worked out pretty well for him all year, and I appreciate the call, Dean. Uh, he, he admitted that he missed some reads last night. Go look. Uh, the, the, it'll come out. It'll be all, all, of the, all over the Internet. But on the, on the throw to Devontae Adams where he threw the Hail Mary – into double coverage at the end of the game, the last time that Rodgers had the ball on the third and 11, Alan Lazard was wide open for a 25-yard gain right over the middle of the field. Like, that's a terrible miss by Aaron Rodgers, who very clearly had predetermined where he was going to go with that ball. So that is a – that's a terrible spot for Rodgers. But before I get to Carrington, uh, who I think you guys will love if you haven't heard him before, we have a lot of fun together talking football. So that's coming up in about 10 minutes. I think the Rams are a live underdog today. I think that it'll be a higher scoring game. I think that Cooper Cup will not be shut out like he was in the last game. And ultimately, this is going to be too much attrition for Tampa. On the Chiefs-Bills side, this is the definition of a toss-up. These two teams are both awesome. The Chiefs have the better coach. The Chiefs have the more consistent quarterback. But the Bills are one of the only teams in football with a quarterback whose best is on the level of Mahomes' best. They're both capable of A-plus games, like we saw for the Chiefs after the first quarter last week against Buffalo or against Pittsburgh, and like we saw from Buffalo last week against New England. Buffalo a tad more inconsistent recently uh, with the game against the Jets and then the loss to Jacksonville. The reason this game is in Kansas City and not Buffalo is because the Bills lost 9-6 to to the Jaguars. No Tredavious White, the number one corner for Buffalo, out uh, in this game I think is big for Tyreek Hill. I'm on his over player prop uh, for a pretty big at 70 and a half. Uh, receiving yards in this spot. It's a bigger game for the Bills than it is the Chiefs. It's huge for both of them, obviously. Winner gets to host the AFC Championship game. You only get so many bites at the apple. But Chiefs have been to the last two Super Bowls. Chiefs have won a Super Bowl. Bills, ever since losing last year's AFC title game to the Chiefs, have basically said, and not even basically, they've said everything we do is about 
comparing ourselves and getting over the hump that is the Kansas City Chiefs. And this isn't a perfect comparison, but if you remember the Falcons team that blew the the Super Bowl to Brady, right? 28-3, everyone remembers. Kyle Shanahan left. He's their offensive coordinator, their play caller. He leaves, and Atlanta's never the same. The Bills absolutely could lose their offensive and defensive coordinators in Leslie Frazier and Brian Dable after this game. So while they'll still have Josh Allen and they'll still have Stephon Diggs and they're still a very talented team and they got Josh Allen signed for that $258 million contract and he'll probably play 15 years in Buffalo, it's in play that some of the infrastructure that supports the Bills falls apart. Whereas for the Chiefs, because they're off, their infrastructure is Mahomes and Andy Reid, you know, even if Travis Kelsey falls off and is not you know, one of the two or three best tight ends in the league, he's 32 years old, 33 years old, they've got the offensive system, they've got the coach, they've got the quarterback. Buffalo is in a little bit more danger of maybe Joe Burrow catches them. Maybe Deshaun Watson's next team catches them. Maybe Justin Herbert catches them, right? Like, there's no guarantee for sustained dominance from Buffalo like I feel like there is for the Chiefs. So it's a little bit bigger of a game, I think, for for Buffalo. But in terms of who's going to win, I think it is as close to a coin flip as you can get. I picked the Bills because I thought they were a little bit more impressive last week. The game matters a little bit uh, more for them. And I don't think the Chiefs have a great answer to Josh Allen running the football. Like, they have not done very well against mobile quarterbacks. Um, But I keep going back and forth. And the thing about Buffalo that scares me is they haven't been tested by a good quarterback in two months. The one time they did, and it was Brady, and he lit them up. So, no no Tredavious White, like I said, on the road at Arrowhead, going up against a great quarterback and a great offense, and you haven't played a good quarterback in a couple of months other than one time, and you got torched, right? Like, they beat the Jets a couple of times. They beat Carolina. They they beat New England and Mac Jones. Like, okay, it's they haven't played a great quarterback down the stretch other than the one who crushed them. So, I think it's very much in play that Mahomes is too much of a culture shock for what this version of Buffalo is. So I'm actually going back and now leaning towards the Chiefs on game day. But I've changed my pick on this game a hundred times this week. So I've got absolutely no conviction in who will win other than it'll be an absolutely incredible game. Uh, Carrington Harrison, love talking NFL with him. He hosts a national show, also covers the Chiefs in Kansas City, has Pat Mahomes on his show every week. I mean, we do too, obviously, but, uh, you know, they have the real Pat Mahomes on their show every week. Going to chop it up with him. It's the Parkins Playoff Show on the score. If I could say what I really wanted to say about uh, Josh Allen and how he ranks with in this league, um, you know, I, I, I could go on for days. He's, he is a dog. Like, everything that he does, arm, leg, mentality, leadership everything that he does man he's 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 fit for this role that he's in right now so you know he's one of the leader of our, leaders of our team when he goes our team goes and he understands that and you know it's just a blessing to have him and and to be able to work with him every single day and 
And like I said, I can go on for days. I'm like, I guess I'll just stop right there. That's Micah Hyde on Josh Allen. He's the challenger. The defending champ is Pat Mahomes and the home team, the Kansas City Chiefs. A game that's been called the de facto AFC Championship game. Feels like the game of the year. Should be massive. Appreciate you hanging out. Parkins Playoff Show right here on The Score. We got a Bulls game later on today, so the NFL games, if you want to be listening, the Westwood One coverage is going to be on our sister station, WBBM, and then we will join uh, the second game in progress after Bulls basketball. Also, if you missed the news, uh, Tristan Wirfs, the all-pro right tackle for the Bucks, officially ruled out for the first game against the Rams. Love talking football with this guy, my old co-host, one of my best friends. He does afternoons on 610 Sports Radio in Kansas City, hosts a national show on CBS Sports Radio. He has Pat Mahomes on his show every week. And I know I appreciate it, you guys saying, well, Park, Park, you, you, you got Pat Mahomes on your show every week, too. That's true. Shane Reardon gets Pat Mahomes on our show every, every week as well. He gets the real Pat Mahomes on his show. Carrington Harrison with me on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline. Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book good afternoon c dot can you answer a question for me i've just wondering this ever since you asked me to come on why are yeah. you doing a playoff show in a city that's not in the playoffs like today should be an off day for you i don't know why number one you're breaking down the playoffs when your team basically was eliminated week three of the nfl season and you give terrible gambling advice like this is just a bad idea bad programming idea mitch runs a tight ship over there i can't believe he allowed you to do this today you are the worst and you just you just want to be hated and you just want to squash all chances of upward mobility speaks isn't going to work forever i know you didn't get it the last time around but who knows man 10 years from now you're going to just turn all of Chicago against you, even though your thoughts on Tony La Russa aged pretty well uh, the, la- the last time you were on uh, hosting in Chicago. But no, we're, we're, this, we're a major market. We talk NFL here. And I talked Bears updates earlier, but Mike Francesa for years did a Sunday show in New York, even when the Giants and Jets were out. So just add it to the list of similarities between me and Mike Francesa, CDOT. Okay, well, you actually put together coherent sentences and thoughts. So that's something that Mike Francesca hasn't really done. I will say this. I've only seen you – people need to know this. I've only seen you geek out one time. I mean, you and I have been really fortunate. We've had Bo Jackson on our show. You know what I mean? Like, we talked to the owner of the Chiefs and the Royals. You know, we've got a chance to really meet some cool people by doing this. The only time I've ever seen you geek out was when you had a chance to meet Mad Dog, Chris Russo. I mean, I've never yeah. seen it before. You were like a seven-year-old that got to meet Michael Jordan. It was one of the craziest things. So then I was like, well, let me learn more about this. You know, I grew up in the Midwest, didn't go to school out east like you did, and I heard Mike Francesa speak before, and I was trying to figure out what made you so excited about Mike Francesa. I never really understood it. Yeah, I mean, listen, it – Dude, I was so starstruck by Chris Mad Dog Russo doing that show in the booth next to us that I couldn't go up to him. Like I, <laughs> I, I, I froze. And then we ended up having him on at the at Radio Row in Phoenix, and it was it was an amazing bucket list thing. And we did a great segment with him. But the first time was spring training, and I physically couldn't get myself to introduce uh, myself no, to him. It was you couldn't it, go up there, and then it was so funny. So, like, you're not really a let-me-show-you-how-smart-I-am kind of person. Like, I think you're a really smart individual, but you don't really showcase it. 
you were trying to pull back like every small sports nugget in your mind so he could be so impressed yeah. with how much you knew. It was nuts. It's true, man. It's so true. Like I, We have huge guests on the show. I don't get nervous at all. But if great broadcasters come on the show, like when we have Costas, if we have Nance, if we had Mad Dog, I get nervous because I'm like, oh, God, they're judging me. They know they could do it better. Don't mess up this question. <laughs> Like it doesn't, it doesn't like an athlete, a team president, an owner, an actor, no big deal. You put Ian Eagle on the phone. I'm like, God, don't mess up this question. <laughs> Ian Eagle. Like, you, 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 you just freeze up like Joe Burrow whenever he sees the blitz. Yeah, dude. Oh God. I, I think I do a good job, but I put a tremendous amount of pressure on myself uh, in, in those moments. What do you think is going to happen before we get to Chiefs bills? What do you think is going to happen with Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Obviously, uh, it's like, who are the Bears going to get as coach or GM is 1A, but 1B is, is this finally the demise of the Packers uh, for Bears fans? Aaron Rodgers is going to be back next year because it's the best possible situation for him. This is the thing, like, you know how sometimes in a relationship, if things get a little bit rocky, you'd be like, well, you know I could leave. Well, yeah, of course you can leave. You can leave at any moment, but you know that you don't want to be a 45-year-old single man back on the dating market. So shut up and go downstairs. Like, that's what's going to happen in this. Aaron Rodgers just does this for attention. This offseason, we'll talk about him. He'll go on Pat McAfee a couple of times. He'll say some cryptic things, and then we'll start to think about We really think that Aaron Rodgers is about to leave to go play for the Denver Broncos. That's what we think. We really think that Aaron Rodgers is about to leave to finish out his career for the Washington football team. That's what people think. No, he's going to do the same Aaron Rodgers stuff. He'll say that he'll host family feud or some foolishness, and then he'll play next season for the Green Bay Packers, and they'll give him one thing you want. Think about it. All the hoot and hollering that Aaron Rodgers did this offseason, the only thing he got for all of that was Randall Cobb. That's what he got to go back to work was Randall Cobb. So they'll, they'll do something similar this year, and Rodgers will be happy. You're, I don't know. You're probably right. But last night was the first time he said, I don't want to be a part of a rebuild, and we've got a lot of roster decisions to make here. Like, he's not going to leave because he doesn't get along with the GM like it was 12 months ago. But, dude, they're $40 million over the cap. And Devontae Adams is a free agent. Devondre Campbell, their first-team All-Pro linebacker, is a free agent. Like Next year's Packers team will not be as good as this year's Packers team. And so could I see a scenario where he thinks he's got a better path to victory long-term with the Pittsburgh Steelers or the Denver Broncos than, than the Packers? I could see it. Like that, that, to me, it's not going to be about a bad relationship. It's going to be about the roster not being as good. And that makes perfect sense. And maybe this is like a bad analogy, but we've been saying that at some point the chickens are going to come home to roost with the Los Angeles Rams, and all they continue to do is just to continue to add salary. Like I don't even know how the salary cap works anymore because the Rams have completely blown up that logic. And what I think people need to kind of consider when it comes to Aaron Rodgers is the NFL is not the NBA. In the NBA, if you want to get traded, unless you're Ben Simmons, they'll just trade you. You know what I mean? Like the organization will just come to the conclusion, hey, we got to do this. Like Jimmy Butler situation. In the NFL, it's shut up and go back to work. So I think what's going to happen is I, 
I don't know if we've seen any reason to believe that the Green Bay Packers actually want to trade Aaron Rodgers. Would Rodgers probably like to play for another team? Sure, maybe, possibly. You know what I mean? But I don't know if we've really seen any indication that Green Bay is actually listening to offers and fielding offers to trade them. So we got to quit calling them trade demands. He might ask for a trade, but like any employer, they can simply say, no, we're not trading you. Go back to work. Carrington Harrison, the afternoon host at 610 Sports Radio in Kansas City, is our guest. Uh, I was I come on your show Wednesdays during the season. I told you I was picking the Bills. On Friday, I picked the Bills, and I woke up this morning, and I think the Chiefs are going to win. Let's go back. Hold on. Let's go back. So yeah. yesterday, who did you pick? Because I'm guessing you probably picked the two losers yesterday and now you're like hold on well I can't go 0 for 4 this weekend so let me switch it up okay well so I had a I had a big preseason bet on the Packers uh to win the Super Bowl and and so 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 they lost and that that was that was of course humiliating I I I I liked the Bengals uh but I didn't bet it I I liked the over and, and that game went under so so yeah yes yesterday was an expensive day for for your boy uh, I like the Rams today, just to get that out of the way for your follow-up question. And I, this is what sh- this is what shifted me back. The Bills haven't played a good quarterback other than Brady in the last two months, and Brady lit him up. So no Tre'Davious White, Tyree Kill should go off. Mahomes is obviously a good quarterback. I think that. Uh, I now I now think the Chiefs are going to win the football game, but this it's it's an even matchup, is it not? It it is an even matchup, Parkins. I just whenever you come on the show, do you listen to the part when I talk? Because I said this on the show. I said what exactly what you just said. I said I said I don't believe in Buffalo's defense. They're number one in scoring defense, but they haven't really shown me how they're the number one defense. Like. Slowing down Tua and Mike White and Trevor Lawrence is not really showing me that you're the best defense, that they've only really played Brady, and Brady hit him for 400 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, and Leonard Fournette ran for 130 yards. I said this to you days ago, and you still said, well, I'm taking Buffalo. Are you on the show that I come on? Yes, I'm on there. What kind of question is this? Well, you said, do I listen to you? I don't even really know who I come on with. I just like you, you, you host a solo show. I assume it's you who asks me the questions and then I give three minute takes and then you ask another question and, or or someone asks another question. I don't know. And then I just, I just go, you just wind me up and I go. So I'm I'm sure you did say it. I don't know, man. I just woke up today realizing that I was going to get bet against Pat Mahomes as less than a three point favorite at home at Arrowhead with a chance to host the AFC Championship game against Joe Burrow. And I just I, – I couldn't do it. So, yeah, Chiefs are going to win. Well, they always say go with your gut. You know what I mean? Like, you, you yeah. taught me that. You know, you taught me to go with your gut. Your gut for six days told you to take the bills, and now you're getting a little bit of cold feet and you're taking the Chiefs. I don't know which way the Parkins pick of death is blowing these days. It could be blowing towards Buffalo. It could be – all I know is – You'll be wrong. And in, in, in whatever decision you eventually land on, you'll get it incorrect. So I, I, I always sleep well knowing that. I understand that. Now, I do think the toughest part for the Chiefs here is Josh Allen running the football. Like, I know Daniel Sorensen is not playing as much as he did in the first matchup. I know Chris Jones is there for this game, and he wasn't for the first one. But I do not believe that the Chiefs' defense has improved enough where against a – fast power running quarterback 
they actually have an answer for that element of Buffalo's offensive attack. Do you agree? I think that's the key to the game for Kansas City. If Josh Allen throws for, let's say, 280 yards, but he runs for 70 yards, I think Buffalo wins that football game. But I think the key in this game to what you alluded to with Chris Jones and now the addition of Melvin Ingram, it's going to be you have to contain the running of Josh Allen. That I think Mahomes, I think one of his like underrated abilities is Sam Munson, our mutual friend from Pro Football Focus, says Mahomes is always just faster than the guy that's chasing him. So if it's third and five and he needs to get seven yards, like he will figure out a way to get the seven yards to move the chains. I think Buffalo has one of the few quarterbacks that's better at that than Patrick Mahomes. But the worst thing that can happen today is you play really good coverage, it's third and nine, but Josh Allen runs for 15 yards and, and extends the drive. And that's the difference between them either you forcing a punch or them getting three or six points. So I agree with you. I think containing Josh Allen's running is, is, is a key to the game. We're talking to Carrington Harrison, 610 Sports Radio in Kansas City. It's an amazing matchup tonight. And all of a sudden, it's the Bengals at Arrowhead next week if the Chiefs do, in fact, win the game. Bengals won uh, 34-31 the first time these two teams play. But I have to imagine it feels like it's about as good as it could have possibly broke for the Chiefs given the results of yesterday, correct? Yeah, absolutely, especially when you see the offensive line for Joe Burrow. Like, their offensive line now, some of that – I think this Burrow, and I think he holds. Excuse me, I think he holds onto the ball too long, and I think he kind of brings some of those sacks on to himself. But yeah, I, I agree with you. And if you're telling me that, you know, your, your chance to go to the Super Bowl is being a five and a half point, maybe a six point favorite next week against Cincinnati at home, you take that every single time. That it's funny because I think you probably feel the same way about Cincinnati that I do. Is I keep thinking that they're a year away. Like, oh, okay, well, they're probably going to lose their first game because they're a year away. Oh, well, they're probably going to lose to Tennessee because Tennessee has more experience. I think a lot of people are going to pick Kansas City in the AFC Championship game or Buffalo, depending on who they play, and kind of discredit Cincinnati when all they've kind of done is proven us wrong every single step of the way. They've got a good quarterback. They have an elite weapon in Jamar Chase, and they're just good enough defensively to make it interesting. Yeah, they are. And, I mean, it's more than Chase. Right? T-, T. Higgins is a very good number two. Joe Mixon is a very good running back. I mean, it's a it's a legitimately explosive offense, even if it hasn't really needed to be, right? They scored 26 points against the Raiders and then just enough uh, to get the job done against the Titans. I just – in either scenario, Buffalo or Kansas City – if they are less than a touchdown favorite, which most people seem to think that they will be, I will be the person that you just described. I will be going down with the ship with the favorite in that spot. And it's not because, like, you have to – it's not like an NBA thing where, you know, you got to get to the playoffs first and then you got to get to the second round and then it's three or four years until you could break through. It's not that, but I don't think the totality of their roster is nearly as good as the Chiefs roster, the Bills roster – or, frankly, the Titans roster. The Titans yesterday, Ryan Tannehill played a D-minus game, and Derrick Henry was not himself. Like, if Tannehill plays a normal Ryan Tannehill game, or if Derrick Henry was himself, the Titans win that game. So, I, But I don't think either of those scenarios exists with Josh Allen or Pat Mahomes next week. 
No, I, I, I would tend to agree with you. I mean, I, I, I think that Buffalo's roster is clearly superior. I think Kansas City's roster is clearly superior, too. But Cincinnati is just squirrely enough. Enough people will count them out that if you want to talk about real house money in a playoff game, it would be Buffalo. No one I – mean, excuse me, it would be Cincinnati. No one will pick Cincinnati next week to go on the road and beat Kansas City or Buffalo. Like, there will be a week of disrespect, and I'm with you. T. Higgins is great. I like Tyler Boyd. I like Joe Mixon. Like, Jamar Chase is the one game-changing player for them that he made he a couple of plays yesterday that just not many receivers in the league make. And whenever Tannehill had that interception, I'm thinking to myself, there's one guy on the field you need to be concerned about. It's Jamar Chase. How do you let him get open and then make the play that puts them in field goal range to eventually beat you? It was just, it was just really confusing yesterday from Tennessee. Five years. I'm going to ask you a question that you asked me on the show. Five years from now, the biggest AFC rival quarterback for Pat Mahomes is who? I think the answer is Allen. I get why people would say Herbert because they're in the division, so you just have the built-in two games. But I just look at the way Buffalo is, and to me, Buffalo's roster in Kansas City, at least the philosophies are just so similar. Like, you spent the top ten pick on a quarterback. You put good wide receiver and weapons around him, whether it's Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey on the flip side, Diggs, Cole Beasley, Emmanuel Sanders, Isaiah McKenzie. The defenses are pretty similar. Sean McDermott was a – understudy under Andy Reid I just look at Buffalo and I think they're going to have a pretty similar advantage the one that New England had all those years that that division's just not that good like who knows where Miami's going to go the Jets I think Zach Wilson is a bust I think he will be a bust I never really liked him coming out of it and like Mac Jones like I gotta see a higher ceiling for Mac Jones to kind of put them in this category so I think Buffalo's going to be a playoff team for the next you know five to seven years which just lines up with you playing Kansas City a couple more times in these kind of games. Who are you picking in Rams and Bucks? I'm taking the Rams too. I just the Tampa Bay is just so banged up right now. No Chris Godwin. Antonio Brown is basically doing every show. I'm actually shocked that he hasn't come on your show at some point. Like he's he's done literally every show over the last two weeks. I don't know how he hasn't been on Parkinson Spiegel. I don't really get it. Uh you get it's a bad job by us, back. frankly. Yeah, I, I mean, the terrible job by you. You guys get everybody else on the show. I don't know how you haven't gotten him on there and asked him how he feels about catching passes from Justin Fields next year. <laughs> I'm going to take the Rams. I don't feel a whole lot of conviction about it. A lot of it is I picked the Rams to go to the Super Bowl at the beginning of the season, and now I just got to ride it the rest of the way. Okay, I, I respect it. Do you agree that this is the best football weekend of the year? Yeah, I get why people say it. I agree with it, too. I mean, it, it's tough because you and I both love the, you know, there's always that week where it's like red zone is on fire. There's a really good 325 game, and then Sunday night football's good, so it's just a whole day. But if you're just talking intrigue, stakes, quarterbacks, coaches, all of those things, I agree. This is the best match. I mean, yesterday's two games. I mean, they might not have been the two best games of the year, but just the drama of knowing that every play, every situation matters, both games ended in a field goal. And just by the odds of it, one of these two games today are going to be good, at least at a minimum. I mean, if you got three big-time games with big-time stakes, that's a great football weekend. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I, I get it. I like to be a little contrarian on it and say that my favorite Sundays are just a red zone Sunday, you know, with not, with nine games going. 
But the stakes of these games and removing the bad teams from the equation makes it tough to beat. But normally in a divisional round, man, we get a blowout. Darren Ravel had the stat coming into this weekend. It was the the four smallest spreads in terms of combined spread for a divisional weekend since 1972. Normally there's a lopsided game on the schedule this weekend, but this year we just got very lucky that there wasn't. Yeah, I mean, we still got two games left. I mean, who knows? That's true. But I mean, I, I agree with you. I don't think there's going to be one of those lopsided games between the two. It's funny. I mean, it, it really just goes to show you how, like, adding stakes. Like, last night's Packers-Niners game was, like, not a good football game. But just, with like, knowing that one of those teams is going to be eliminated, so just every play, every situation, every drive matters. Just the drama of it is something that I don't know if really any other sport can kind of capture that you and I both know tomorrow we'll see the numbers tweeted out and it'll be like 43 million people and then everybody will be like, oh, I told you the NFL is king. Like, who questioned this? Who, who questioned the popularity of the National Football League? It's just this cycle that the NFL is in right now that it just can't miss. It, I like when you know when you watch these games you know they're not scripted but then you wonder it's like how do all of these games come down to the last four minutes and then there's some great talking point that that will carry us for the next week yeah it is the best sports theater by far carrington harrison cbs sports radio and 610 sports radio in kansas city thank you my friend enjoy the games i appreciate you man thank you Love talking football with that guy. He covers the Chiefs better than just about anyone. The game tonight is going to be absolutely ridiculous. I've, I know I've, I've flip-flopped on the game tonight a hundred times. It's going to be an amazing game. And the AFC is just set up. Like I, I still think Trevor Lawrence is going to be a superstar. So you got him. But he's not close to Joe Burrow's level yet. He's not close to Justin Herbert's level yet. He's not close to Josh Allen's level yet. And he's not close even to Lamar Jackson's level, who, of course, has an MVP. We don't know where Deshaun Watson's going to end up. He's amazing. He was in the AFC. And obviously, they're all chasing Pat Mahomes. So if Deshaun Watson stays in the AFC, and if Trevor Lawrence is what I think he will become... You've got six superstar young quarterbacks in that conference. It is the dominant quarterback conference because Brady, this might be it. Rodgers, this might be it. I doubt it is for both of them, but it's closer, obviously, to the end than the beginning. And the NFC just does not have the young superstar quarterbacks where you absolutely know oh this guy's going to be awesome for a long period of time it just it doesn't exist Dak is very very good Kyler we just saw what happened with him Russell Wilson I think is going to be good for the next five years I think this season was more a product of the thumb injury and a confluence of events but we'll see and he's 33 years old so the NFC supremacy at quarterback is wide open. Wide open. Picks today are Rams and toss-up, but today I feel Chiefs all week. I felt Buffalo, grain of salt uh, in that spot. Thank you to Cesar Perez, the producer, today. 
Thank you to everyone who called, texted, listened to the show. We're back same time next week before Championship Sunday. I'll be hosting from 11 a.m. until 1.30. If you want to listen to Westwood One's coverage of the divisional round of the playoffs, that's on WBBM. We'll join the second game in progress after Bulls basketball. My name's Danny Parkins. We are the Parkins Playoff Show right here on The Score. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.